Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Amen. I want to encourage you to take some notes if you can. The Hebrew word for inhabit is yashab, and it literally means to sit down as a judge or a king who sits on his throne. To inhabit, it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. To inhabit, is a judicial term. It says a judge or king who sits down on his throne to rule or execute justice. That word literally means to be positioned to rule. So the word yashab or inhabit is actually to be enthroned or to be empowered. Somebody say empowered. To be enthroned or empowered. When that judge, he's a normal person on the street, but when he sits, he is now empowered to execute the justice of all of the Louisiana law, state law, uh, national law, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and the word praise actually breaks down. You've got to stay with me tonight and get this. The word praise uh, actually means to give something value. Okay, to praise means to give something value or to give honor to. That's praise, okay? Uh, matter of fact, and I want to say this uh, right off the bat before we get any deeper. To fear something is to give it honor. You understand that? Freddie Mercer, I'm going to kill you for what you did to me Sunday. He scared me so bad with a snake, only Freddie. <laughs> but anyway, I and my fear towards that Snake was actually me giving it honor. Are you following me? People don't understand that, and I need you to understand that. If you fear something, you honored it as something that had the value or the worth to cause fear in you. Does that make sense to you? Okay, that's going to mean a whole lot in a minute. So uh, the scripture actually translates that we started off with. You are holy, O God, and you are enthroned are empowered by the honor or the value I place on you. Okay? God, you are, you, you are enthroned. God inhabits the praises of his people. You are empowered by the honor or the value I place on you. So God is enthroned. He is empowered. He is released to do great things in our lives through proper value or honor. Okay, if that's the case, then it stands to reason that the lack of proper value or the lack of honor placed upon God dethrones him and it strips him of his power in our lives. Now that almost sounds sacrilegious. Nobody can dethrone God. Nobody can uh, strip God of his power, but that's not true. Amen. As it relates to you, you can. Amen. I got a scripture to back it up. Don't turn there. Just write it down. Uh, there's going to be an anointing tonight to break off some oppression. I'm, I'm telling you, through the word and through your faith. Matthew chapter number 15, uh, 13, 58. Just write it down. 
It literally says, And Jesus could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Jesus himself went to a region and he was healing everything that came to him and he could not do many mighty works for the lack of value. Okay? They, they, they stripped him of his power because they didn't have the proper honor. So where there is proper worship, we'll use that word, I don't like to use it, but where there is proper worship or there is a proper value and honor, there will always be a release of the influence or the power of God. God inhabits the praises of his people. I'm going to say that again. Where there is a proper worship, where there is a proper level of value or honor put upon God, it will cause him to be able to release his influence into your life. Okay? With that understood, we know that God is omnipresent, right? The word omnipresent means God is everywhere at the same time. Okay? He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. We know God's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But the influence or the power of that presence has to be released through proper honor. He's right here. He's with you in that situation. But without the proper honor and valuing that presence, he can't release influence into it. So we go through a whole lot of things alone. We go through a whole lot of things uh, depending on our own will and our own strength. Uh, and not that we don't believe in God. We just haven't learned to release his influence in my situation with praise. With honor. With, with giving him honor. So in other words, he can be present, but not enthroned or positioned to influence your situation. So in other words, you can't sit in that situation and just say, I know God, and, and surely he's going to show up. No, you got, he said God inhabits the praises of his people. You got to immediately start raising the value of your God above the value and the honor you're given that situation. Let's go deeper. This is the reason God says, you shall have no other God before me. Oh, look at it like this. Thank you for that illustration. It's like there is something, and you're there to help me, and I know you're there. But unless I put value on the strength you have and solicit your aid, then you just stand there. Very good. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. Very good. I love that. Uh, so the reason God says, thou shalt worship no other God. I got a deeper teaching we're going to go into that ties to this. You and I wouldn't think about worshiping another God, would we? I mean, but it can be translated now that we understand these words. It can be translated, do not give value or honor to any other entity or circumstance over me. And we do it every day. Can somebody just wave at me? I mean, if you really break this down to what it is, no, you don't have a shrine in your house that you're bowing down to. Uh, uh, but thank you. <laughs> I blowed it anyway. You, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, dare do that. But anytime we start fearing something else 
God's saying, I don't want you having that God above. You're literally putting that situation above me. Are you following me? Can anybody relate to this? You're giving it more value than you give me. So to not have any other God before our God is translated, do not give value or honor to any other entity or circumstance over me. Why? Uh, you got to get this statement. You empower what you give value to. You release it. You release it. You empower what you worship. And I, and I hate to use the word worship because you automatically think about a praise team. And I hear that ain't even what worship is about. You understand that? Worship is about giving value to something. And, and we're constantly empowering uh, spirits. <laughs> if I can empower God, which is a Holy Spirit through value, I can empower power my enemy, which is a spirit, through giving him too much honor. Giving him too much value. I ain't got time to teach it, but that's why the Bible says don't throw away your confidence. The lack of confidence and timidity in the presence of my enemy is giving him honor. It's saying you're stronger than I am. Okay? So you empower what you, empower what you worship or give value to. And what you empower releases its influence in your life. Is that good? What you... You empower what you worship or give value to, and whatever it is you're empowering or giving value to releases its influence in your life. That's good news to me in the sense that the devil can't run roughshod over me. He can't kick my door down. I have to open it. I, I, I have to allow him. I empower him to do whatever he's doing in my life, in my mind, in my heart with oppression, depression, worry, fear. Uh, uh, I, I, I empower him to release his influence in my life when I start submitting to fear. Okay? So uh, you empower what you worship or give power, uh, uh, value to. Uh, and what you empower releases its influence into your life based on the level of honor you give it and what you sow into it in time, thought, and activity. Sometimes you're spending too much time thinking about the wrong thing, thinking about the negative report. The more you think about it, the more you release this influence in your life. I'm going to prove it to you by Scripture. I keep feeling the Holy Ghost shoot through me like He wants to break something for us tonight on every level, because I'm talking to everybody tonight, right? None of us is, is free of some type of worry that tries to slip into us. So, yeah. There's that scripture. Where's that at? Exodus 34:14. He just looked that up for us. So not only does... God inhabit or is empowered by your praises. But catch this statement, your enemy inhabits and is empowered by your honor. He only has the power you give him. In my mind, in my thoughts, in my worries, in my fear, uh, he's a spirit. And he can, uh, just like God in the sense that he's, he can only release his influence uh, when you empower him with negative thinking, negative speech. Are you following me? So, huh? 
That's right. Thank you, Seal. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> In other words, here, here it is. <laughs> She's fired up. In other words, fear or worry is given honor or value to your enemy. Fear or worry is giving honor to or value to your enemy, your adversary. Fear or worry is us giving our situation. Fear or worry is giving our circumstances more honor and more value than God. Can y'all receive this tonight? No wonder the Bible says, write this down. Don't turn there, just write it down. I'm, I'm moving fast. I want to get to my end point tonight. Philippians 1.28. I love this scripture. In nothing, just write it down and look at me. And in nothing terrified by your adversary, which is evident token of his destruction, but to you of salvation and that of God. He said, in and nothing terrified by your adversary. Don't give him an inch with you bowing down to fear over the circumstances you're facing right now. Don't, don't, don't give him an inch. He said, because when you don't, it's the proof he's destroyed. Why? Because you didn't open the door. You refuse to open the door. You refuse to set up a throne. You hear me? Worry is setting up a throne for your adversary to sit down and start influencing and impacting your life. I'm after that devil doesn't double tonight. Fear is a form of worship because it's given honor or value to a negative. I just want to repeat everything. Fear is a form of worship. Can y'all buy into that now that you know what worship is? It's giving honor or value to a negative. Worry or fearing your circumstances or your adversary releases his influence in your life, which affects your actions, your mind. Freddie had this thing over there, and he told me it was something else, a tool I really wanted. And when I opened it, it was a rattlesnake. Uh, I'm busting. You ain't going to be able to do it to nobody else in this church. <laughs> it was a fake rattlesnake. Amen. But fear came up in here, and it affected all of me. All the way. <laughs> you hear me? It affected all of me. Uh, it affected my hands. It affected my feet. I fell back. Are you listening to me? So when you worship or give honor to a negative, then it released an influence in my life and it affected my actions. It'll affect your mind. It'll affect your disposition. Oppression is a dark cloud. Depression is a dark cloud. And you don't want to be in it, but it affects how you treat other people. Huh? You don't want to. You're under this thing. Can somebody wave at me? Have I got the right message tonight? You know what else it affects? Your health. All of that is influence that we empower through fear, through worry. Satan inhabits or he is enthroned and empowered by your fear. Fear in the form of worry opens the door to his influence. And I want you to pray that scripture I just gave you in Philippians because 
He said, in nothing terrified of your adversary because it's evidence to him he ain't getting nowhere with you. It starts, it starts taking care of action. Philippians, I was going to try to quote it, but I forgot. One, is that 28? Yeah, 128. So, the absence of fear, the absence of you honoring his tactics with worry or respect is evidence to your enemy that his plan is destroyed. It's destroyed. But if he can ever get you to crack the door, I'm not a real big worrier, but sometimes I crack it. Am I the only one? Sometimes I'll crack that door just a little bit and I'll stay there too long. Huh? I think too long. I'm going to give you some good scripture. I'll think too long. And, 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 and so the absence lets him know I might well quit beating on this door. I'm destroyed here. They won't give me a throne to rule on here. They won't open the door so that I can influence their actions and their thinking and their health. Amen. But on the other hand, if you buy into it or honor it with thought, he can release his influence in your situation. Now, I just said, if you honor it with thought, okay? Matthew chapter number 6, I'm not going to go there. You don't have to go there. I preach these scriptures, matter of fact, Sunday. Matthew chapter number 6, just write it down and write down the don't worry chapter. <laughs> that, that'll give you a point of reference. Matthew chapter number 6, Jesus preached against worry, and, and in five times in one chapter, he said, take no thought. Take no thought. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're thinking too much. You're thinking too much on the wrong thing. You're spending, you're spending time. You're making an investment that's going to give a return. When you invest thought over the report, over the bad, over the circumstance, and we all got situations. Can I get a witness? <laughs> huh? But if I give it too much honor by focusing on it, it's going, to, it's going to return a yield in my life in a very negative way. So five times, five the number of grace, in half a chapter, in a few scriptures, Jesus said, take no thought. Remember? Number one, take no thought for your life. Number two, he said, take no thought for your food. Remember? He said, take no thought for your clothes. He said, take no thought for tomorrow. Right? He said, don't borrow trouble. Tomorrow has enough trouble of it today. Let's stay in today. Right? And then he said, who by taking thought can add one inch to your height? So to take thought means to worry or to give value or honor to. If you're going to spend time thinking about it, you're, excuse me, you're giving it honor. You're giving it enough honor that you would direct all your attention to it. Jesus said, don't, don't, don't even think about it. Don't you even honor it by giving it thought. So Jesus said, this kind of negative thinking cannot and does not add anything to your situation. But rather, it releases the enemy's influence into your life. That's crazy. How, does, how did the devil get in? You know, just how did he get in? How did he get in to get me in this shape? He came right through here. There you go. Came right through the gate. She said it back there. Ear gate, eye gate, mouth gate. 
He came right through the gate. There's something you need to know about the mind is the, the feelings and emotions are not spontaneous. Thoughts are. You don't spontaneously laugh. <laughs> Say, what'd you laugh about? Mm, no. <laughs> Just like, no. You don't spontaneously cry. Well, you women. <laughs> I mean, in other words, feelings are not spontaneous. They are the fruit of a root. And the root was a thought. Are you following me? So if, if, if my whole world has been jerked out and took down into a pit, uh, I can always go back and attach it to that it began with a thought. And because I stayed on that thought, I bought into that thought, you know, I, I, I gave honor to the thought, then all of a sudden my heart responds, my feelings start responding, and it starts pulling us down. Can somebody wave at me if you've ever? I mean, this, I mean, it's to darkness, buddy, no doubt. It's to darkness, which is the opposite of light which is revelation, and we're going to work on that. It's the Word of God. So he, Satan, that's what he's inhabited with. In He's empowered with your negative thoughts. So in other words, you can't decide, I'm going to be happy. 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 I'm just going to be full of joy today. I'm going to be full of That ain't the way emotions work. You can't convince yourself to be happy. What you got to convince yourself is, is to think happy, and then you become happy. Now, this is the Word of God. Are you listening to me? You got to change it up here, and your heart will follow it. Your feelings and emotions will follow it. Uh, let, let's, and, and a lot of people don't think you can control this. Oh, but if you're a spirit-filled, born-again believer, you are empowered to control it. This is one of the, uh, this is the bread, the children's bread here. This is your inheritance. Before salvation, I was a sitting duck and the devil could do what, but not now. Are you listening to me? Look at your neighbor and tell him, you can turn this thing. You can turn this thing. But, but, but it's going to take faith and it's going to take a conscious effort and it's going to take the right tools to work with. All right, I'm going to prove you you can turn it by looking at John 14 and 1. While y'all looking, I'm going to get a drink. John 14 and 1. Y'all ready? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the words of Jesus. What's it say? What? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Maybe we're asking Jesus to do something he commanded me to do. He commanded me to let not my heart be troubled. The word let not expresses an absolute denial. That's straight Greek and Hebrew right there, y'all. It don't get no better than that. Uh, let not expresses an absolute denial. 
to beat this thing, you got to stand toe-to-toe and deny it access. You've got to deny the thought access. You've got to deny the negative report access. The reports are going to come. Things are going to happen. This is life, y'all. You know, situations are going to come. You can't change that. But you can change how you respond to it or Jesus wouldn't have said, let not your heart be troubled. The second thing I see in that statement is, my heart is prone. My heart is prone to get in an agitated state. I mean, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy myself, you know. But still, this scripture says your heart is going to, it's got a, a bent to it that when you get the bad news or the situation's going on, it's automatically without any coercion on your part whatsoever to want to get afraid, agitated. It's because of the fall. Amen? I mean, you're, 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 you're human. And that's why Jesus had to say, do not let your heart be troubled. Let not is an absolute denial. Heart here is thoughts and feelings. The word heart, when it says heart, he's talking about your thoughts and your feelings. Let not your heart be troubled. If you're taking notes, I really like this. To be troubled means to stir up or agitate. To, to, to be troubled means to stir it up or to agitate it. He said, actually, do not allow your thoughts and feelings to be stirred up or agitated by your circumstances. Somebody tell your neighbor, take your stand. You're going to beat this thing. You're going to beat this worry. We're going to beat this fear that keeps releasing the enemy to come in and mess up my health. It'll cause fights in relationships. It'll push you in a dark closet. You're talking about that darkness a while ago where you don't even want to communicate with people. Thank you. It'll, it'll, it's, it's reclusive. It's Satan want to push you down and away from people. And, and you know what? It would be easier for you, Tammy, if somebody walked up to you and you could just ball your fist up and fight them than to fight this enemy in here. Am I right about it? If I could just seem, I could beat you up. But when it's coming from in here, are you following me? When it's coming from my own mind, it takes on a whole new sphere sometimes. Amen. So Jesus is about, he's teaching us how, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Your thoughts and your feelings, do not allow them to be agitated. Okay? And then Jesus tells us how. To control our hearts. And I don't mean to get too simple. But he said. Just believe. <laughs> I mean I just got to teach what Jesus taught. But let's, let's, let's work it just a little bit. Jesus he teaches us how to control my heart. My feelings. My emotions. By believing in him. By putting our full trust in God. I just want to ask you an honest question. This is adult class. Amen. You know, do you agree that the hardest thing we can do sometimes is put our full trust in God? Oh, you may say there ain't nothing to it. Yeah, the devil is a liar. Huh? To put your full trust 
does not come natural and it does not come easy. It takes a conscious effort to do this. To hold the door shut on the negative devil and to open the door wide open on Christ for Christ. Christ is enthroned by my praises. It's easy if we're going to use this as a worship service to come in here and worship, but it ain't so easy to worship right in the middle of that dilemma that just got brought to you. Hmm? This is going to take maturity, but you're going to break this thing, I'm telling you. So he tells us, how do I not let my heart be troubled? By believing in him, by putting your full trust in God. Jesus is touching, teaching that we will have to turn our full focus away from that which fosters fear and doubt and worry and etc. Take no thought, five times. Take no thought, take no thought. You're not going to overcome this thing if you do not turn your thoughts. Turn it. Turn it. You got to turn it. Can't nobody turn it for you? Even Jesus ain't going to turn it for you. Huh? He said, I need you to turn your thoughts off of it. Because whatever you're thinking about, you're going to start talking about it. And before you know it, negativity is going to start coming out the mouth gate. Right? Let's, let's work this scripture. So we have to turn our our focus away from that which fosters fear, doubt, worry, and place our complete focus. This is what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. Focus our complete focus on him. In other words, we're going to have to dethrone the adversary and enthrone God by shifting my focus. By, I'm, not, I'm not thinking on that. I ain't talk, I'm not talking about ignoring or in denial. I'm talking about denying that thing to swallow up my thoughts. That's what I'm talking about. Do you know, uh, I thought it was so uh, amazing studying the wars of the Old Testament that usually Israel was fighting somebody ten times their size. I mean, that's just the way it was. They was this little old ragtag nation you know, with no military might, they was just marching through the land, taking the land over. And the priest would be marching beside them in battle, saying, don't count their horses, remember God. Don't count their horses, remember God. You need that in your spirit when you're facing the adversary to not consider the dilemma, but consider your God. Come on now, I'm teaching, and I'm trying to help you how to overcome worry, fear, anxiety, oppression, depression. The fact that you're in it means you're focused on the wrong thing. And when you focus on it, you empower it. He inhabits your praises. He inhabits the value you're given, meaning he sits and begins to dictate your life. Ain't it amazing? Once he gets a foothold, he starts telling you how you're going to think. Won't he do it? Let me tell you what. A lot of people, I don't mean to get real sensitive here, but a lot of people has taken their own lives because of what I'm, they didn't have what I'm teaching. Because once the devil starts, he does, you're talking about, Freddie, pulling you down into darkness? He won't stop until he says, why don't you just end it? Why don't you, y'all may be sitting there saying, there ain't no way. You don't know 
You ain't been, the devil can pull you into that place. Once he gets you this low, he's on the throne now. And now he's telling you. He's calling the shots. He has been enthroned. That's why uh, the father said, thou shalt have no other God. Because I'm the only God you can trust with your life. So let's go deeper with that. And I may be rushing a little bit, but I need to get to my last scripture. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God. Believe also in me. Now, I've always heard this scripture, but I've never known what Jesus meant. And, and so God brought me to the scripture on Tuesday, so I started walking and praying. What do you mean? You believe in God? Believe also in me. You believe in God? Believe also. And I just kept praying and meditating. And let me show you where I, or, 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 what God gave me out of it. To me, this is taking your belief to the next level. He said, you believe in God. In other words, you believe. You're believers, right? You believe there's a supreme being who is for you. Can I get a witness? Jesus then said, was saying, now you must believe that that same supreme ruler is with you. Come on, I need you to catch this. Why? Because Jesus is called Emmanuel. Which means what? God is with us. So when Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me, he was literally saying, you believe God is for you, now you must believe God is with you. I need y'all to catch that. I need that to go deeper. Because we can believe in God and live in total fear. Right? We can believe in God and be in constant worry all the time. We can believe in God and be oppressed by the enemy in deep, dark depression. And you ask, do you believe in God? Absolutely. Well, Jesus said, well, if you believe in God, believe in me also because I'm God's presence with you. So not only do I believe God is a supreme believer, I got to get it in my mind. God is with me. I don't know about y'all, but that ought to change something. God is with me. I'm not in this alone. I'm not facing this alone. God's not some being way off up there somewhere. He's Emmanuel. He's right here with us. All right, let's go a little further. So when you do this, now you're taking your focus, your mind, your thoughts off your current situation and you're focusing them totally on Christ and, and His strength. Now, when you start refocusing, you're, you're refusing to give value or honor to the situation, but to the contrary, you choose to give honor to God. Let me tell you something. If you're a habitual worrier, or if you really suffer from this, you're going to have to retrain yourself. You're going to have to retrain yourself. Let me tell you what oppression does. Let me tell you what depression does. Let me tell you what worry does. It's a thief. The first thing it robs is peace. Amen? And, and what follows it robbing you peace? Joy. And then what comes from that? Strength. Am I right about it? He'll rob peace. It robs you joy. And the, the Bible says the joy of the Lord. Is, so you're just a vulnerable prey to the enemy. Amen? And he just escalates. And he's an opportunist. So he kicks you when you're down. So you're going to have to retrain yourself. I am not going there in my mind. I am not 
I am not. I, even if the report is true, even if I did, uh, me and Jimbo talked about this here a while, even if I did lose my job, it's the truth. It's absolute. I don't have anything to go to right now. I'm without job. I don't know what your situation is, but put it in there. Amen. He said, you got to stand in complete denial to your heart who wants to worry about it. Let not. Do not allow it. I can't shore you up. I can try to encourage you, but I cannot let not your heart be troubled. Only you can do that. And you've been empowered to do that. We're going to teach you how to do that a little more, but right now we're just working on simply by refocusing. God's, I believe in God, and I believe in Christ who is God with me, and he's with me in this situation. Is this too simple? This is what you've got to start activating in your life. And when you start doing this, when you refuse to give value and honor to your situation and choose to give honor to God, you are now fulfilling the scripture. God inhabits the praises of his people. God is now being enthroned and he's being empowered to start influencing your situation. Based on what I just said, fear and worry has tied the hands of God. He can't release no influence. Right? He can't reflect. Why? He don't have a throne to sit on. He, he, he's not being enthroned by you. Uh, I love this illustration. Write down Matthew 14, 22 through 32, and you can read that story. To me, this is the most easy for me to understand the two realms of focus and what, what you're focused on, what you're paying attention to, how it affects your life. Don't turn there, but that's the story where Peter walked on the water. Y'all remember that? Uh, 29, and Jesus said, come. And Peter come down out of the sheep, ship, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He's walking on the water, y'all. He's doing what no man has ever done or will never do again. He is walking above situations and circumstances. And the next scripture, the very next scripture says, but when he saw. Is it crazy how you can go from just walking above it all? <laughs> Wait on me. I can tell you already. Get, you know what I mean? You 10 foot tall and bulletproof. But ain't it amazing how there can be a but in your life. And all of a sudden, what you wouldn't have no problem navigating is sucking your life out of you. Will somebody just wave at me if I'm... T one conversation. One bit of news. And even just... Your current life that really you was navigating pretty good yesterday and nothing really even changed but your perspective. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried it out. He cried out, Jesus help. He saw the wind boisterous, and he was afraid. 
his value system shift in just one split second. From giving value and honor to Christ to giving value and honor to his circumstances that manifested itself through fear. Here's the definition of fear. To fear means to be in awe of. It means to revere or give reverence to. To give value or honor to. So when Peter took his eyes off Christ and focused on the problem, which means he took thought on the problem. Come on now, am I helping anybody? He started thinking about the situation. So in order to turn my thought, I can't focus on Branson and Scott at the same time. One of you is going to have to go into my peripheral. You follow me? He was focused on Christ, and when he was focused on Christ, he was navigating his situation. But the minute he turned his focus on the situations, the Bible says he began to sink. To focus on, meaning to take, take thought of. You can't have your mind elevated in a spirit of worship to God and worry at the same time. One, you got to give up. One of them, you're going to have to sacrifice. One of them, you're going to have to lay on the sacrificial altar because it's impossible for you to maintain both positions. And that's why Jesus said, take no thought for what you're going to eat. Take no thought for what you're going to wear. Take no thought for your entire life. In other words, whatever you do, keep your focus, your praise, your honor focused in one place. Oh, my God, are y'all listening to me? So Peter took his focus off Christ and began to analyze his situation. This is the worst thing you will ever do. Don't never start analyzing the situation because it's probably bigger than you it's probably something you can't change anyway right and it's going to foster fear he began to give more honor to the problem than Jesus and the Bible says he began to sink isn't it amazing he didn't begin to sink because of his circumstances when you start getting like this, you'll think you're going under because of your problems. And you'll start fighting your problems. He was just walking in the same problems, but because of his focus, he was navigating it. See, the devil will make you think you're in depression, oppression, or worry because of your problems. Are y'all listening to your teacher tonight? No, that's not the problem. The problem is the focus. The problem is what you're focused on. So he began to, uh, it's, the problem is what you're giving more honor to, what you are revering, as the Bible says. Uh, so he began to give more honor to the problem than Jesus, and he began to sink. Now, the reason he began to sink is because his faith sunk. Are y'all with me? Once again, he didn't sink because people can't walk on water, because he was walking on water. You're not sinking because you can't handle your situation. You're, you're not sinking because you can't navigate 
the storm that just blew into your life. No, you only start sinking when your faith starts sinking. Why? I mean, this, this, these scriptures prove it. He was walking by and in faith until he began to think on something other than Jesus and it robbed him of his faith, which was holding him up the whole time and he began to sink. Somebody shout refocus. This is Sunday part number two. So the root of worry and oppression and depression is your thoughts. It's what you have focused on. I need to blow through some of that teaching to get down to this. Uh, I was going to teach you about Abraham. It says he staggered not in unbelief because he considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb nor the deadness of his own body. The word consider means to think thought on or to focus on. Uh, so what gave Peter the ability to, I mean, uh, Abraham the ability to stand, he refused to focus on that her cycle was over. You know, so what that she's 90 years old? So what that this, this, search, this circumstance seems totally depleted? God said. It says, he considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb, but believed in God according to what was spoken. And God says, you're an overcomer. God says, you're victorious. God says, I got this, right? Amen. So he refused to focus on it. So if you're going to come, bring your feelings out, you've got to bring your mind out first. How, how does babies come out? Head first. Tell your neighbor, you've got to come out head first. If you try to come out any other way, it's breach birth. It's just too dangerous. You've got to come out head first. Your feelings and your emotions will follow if you get your mind right. Bring into... What's that scripture? Where is it at? Surely somebody knows where that scripture is at. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Write that down. Cast down imaginations. Somebody quote it. And every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God and bring into captivity. That tell, Let not your heart be troubled. You got to get that head in a headlock sometimes. You got to get your own mind in a head, headlock. Cast down imaginations. Them thoughts that are trying to lift them up and gain more value than, than God himself. Worry is putting another imagination and lies from the devil higher than God. He don't belong there. Throw him down. Throw him down. Okay. I want to capitalize on this scripture. I'm skipping a whole lot. But this is a very good scripture I want to leave you with. Isaiah 26 and 3. Don't turn, I'm going to read it real quick because I want to explain it to you. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is... Come on with it, somebody. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Take some notes with me now. Let's run through. you got seven minutes. The word mind is yet, sir. And it actually means, this is going to blow your mind, the word mind takes two different veins because it's so intelligent. It comes from the Hebrew word yetzer, which means, number one, conception. And I'm just going to have to run fast. Number one, talking about the mind, the word literally means conception, and then it means to frame a thing or to mold a thing. So when he said the mind, he said he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. So let's just look at mind as it relates to conception. 
The mind has the ability to conceive, become pregnant, and give birth to. Every millionaire got to be a millionaire because of an idea that gave birth to a lucrative business. Right? It's just the way life works. So when the, the actual word mind means the ability to conceive. If it can conceive, it can become pregnant and give birth to. So having said that, what the mind, the mind is, are, is, is created to give birth to things, to produce things. So what the mind gives birth to will be a direct result of the seeds that are planted in the mind. Negative seeds of doubt will enable the mind to give birth to worry. It'll have all kind of kids. Huh? That mind will produce all kind of fruit. Are y'all catching this tonight as much as this has impacted me over the last two days? He said, the mind, it'll, if you feed it negative seed, it will produce doubt. Uh, it'll enable the mind to give birth to worry, fear, insecurity. It'll give birth to all kind of kids you're having to take care of now. Simply because you let seeds of negativity get in there. You let the devil plant a seed of lie. So this, no wonder the Bible says, cast down that thought. Cast down that imagination. Bring it into captivity. Amen. You ever been handcuffed? <laughs> Boy, you sure said that, Nikki. You, you jumped on that too quick. You know, how they, you know, they handcuffed me one time. Set me in the truck. <laughs> you know, in other words, they restrained me from doing what I would have done if I could have. Right? He said, you got to do your own mind the same way because my heart has a propensity to worry. Not just worriers. Some worry worse than others. But it has a propensity to worry. So I have to handcuff it. I have to captivate it and say, no, you're not going that direction, son. You're going with me. Some of you got to stop and tell your mind, no, you're going with me. You've been unruly. Now you're going with me. Some of y'all can really, I'm going to move on because y'all just got bad memories and I brought up all kind of bad stuff. Woo, come on, Mom. Is that it? Go ahead. Why didn't I think of that scripture? Did y'all hear that she just quoted? David said, why are you cast down, oh my Soul, he, huh? That's exactly right. Uh, okay, while I got a few minutes, let's jump. Come on, all your mind back on me. Okay, we dealt with the mind as it relates to conception, right? But remember the other thing, this is the Hebrew word. It meant uh, a thing formed, you know, it, it, uh, it, it'll form, it'll create. So the mind, it'll frame up a house, it'll frame up your life, it'll frame up your reality. Your mind will frame your reality, okay? So the mind as it relates to a thing frame. So another word for yet, sir, or mind is, write this down, potter. Isn't that cool? The mind, another word for mind is potter, a potter, you know, that makes pottery. 
are one who fashions. Your mind is so brilliant, it's always fashioning something. It's creating some. So the mind actually possesses the ability to mold an image by squeezing it into a certain shape. That's what your mind will do. It'll create this thing. Matter of fact, it's synonymous with the word bara, which is the word create. It means to create. In other words, its, its emphasis is on shaping or forming or molding an object. Don't, let's don't get bogged down. Don't get bored. Listen, what I'm literally trying to say is, so the mind has creative, forming, molding, framing power. But here's the deal. What it builds, what it forms, what, are, uh, what it creates is governed or controlled by the material you give it to work with. In other words, that's what the mind does. It's going to be a potter. And, 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 and no matter what, if you're feeding it negativity, guess what? It's going to frame up a negative reality to you. So the mind will do what it's created to do. It'll conceive and give birth to the reality of worry or fear, or it'll give birth to peace and joy. What seed are you putting in there? You start putting the seed of the Word of God in there, it'll get, it'll get pregnant, and it'll give birth to a bunch of little kids. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Are you with me? Amen. Based on the type of seed it receives. Uh, so this is why we must not give our mind to any other seed but God's word, right? But the mind, as far as forming anything, it will create. It's like a potter. It'll squeeze the material we give it into a reality of chaos, oppression, depression, or it'll create a reality of faith, peace, and joy. Depends on what you give it to work with. That's how powerful your mind is. That's the way God created you. Okay, let's close out the scripture. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, that creative part of you, that part that's given birth at all times, that whose mind is what? Stayed. That's what my Bible says. What's yours say? Does everybody say stayed? Whose mind is stayed on you. All right? Number one, we got to hurry out here, kids. You will keep him. The word keep actually means to guard or protect. Okay? Come on, this is a crescendo. Don't let me lose you. He said, I will, thou will keep him, keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Here's the catch, or here's the crescendo. Uh, the word stayed means to lean or to prop or to lay hold upon to grasp, to stand fast. Are y'all getting all these? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is leaning on, grasping God, holding on to the word of God. How five of you never tell him, hold on? Because the devil wants to shake you away from it. Amen. So in other words, golly, I'm coming down to the end. If you will let not your heart be troubled and discipline your mind to lean on God, to grasp, 
to hold on to the word of God, to stand fast in the word of God, then peace will be your guard. Peace will be like a garrison of soldiers protecting your interest. They, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon God. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.